So Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid move on as the Sixers in a wire-to-wire -wire victory polish off the Brooklyn Nets by a final of 122 to 100. And the 76ers will take on the Toronto Raptors. The Sixers haven't won in Toronto in a while. They struggle against Kawhi Leonard. Next up for you guys, Toronto Raptors. What's going to be required of your team heading over there? Everybody's mine. Um, everybody being physical on the floor, and everybody just coming ready uh, and prepared. It is Raptors Sixers, and this is Free Association. I am Donovan Bennett. I am joined by Arden Swelling, Jesse Rubinoff. I am introducing them because I got in trouble last time for not introducing my guests. Although I actually heard that if you're listening to a podcast with multiple voices, it's important for them to introduce themselves. So then the listener kind of has an understanding of, okay, this is that voice, I get it. But I'll do my job as a host this time. This is Free Association, and it is Raptors Sixers. People are feeling really, really good about this, like a little overconfident. Where are you? I'm not as confident. Because last time we recorded in here, yes. like we did it literally on a ledge yes. as Donovan yeah. was about to jump. A hundred percent. I think that's the great thing about the playoffs is that emotions swing drastically. Forget about week to week, game to game. And after game one, there was a same old Raptors narrative, same old Kyle Lowry narrative. Now it's like, oh, well, the Sixers light work. Four, maybe five. And I just feel like these are two these are two teams who made significant moves at the deadline. They've got the best starting fives by net rating in the playoffs. I do like the Raptors, but I think the margin is close. What am I missing? Yeah, I think a lot of the confidence comes from the fact that the Raptors ended a series finally in five games. Everyone had that trepidation after a classic game one performance by the Raptors. But then the Raps rinsed the magic in four straight. And I think now the Raptors fans have an overconfidence because it's a different group of players. You have Kawhi Leonard now. You have Marc Gasol. You have Pascal Siakam, who took an extraordinary leap this year. You mentioned that there's an overconfidence. I was in the newsroom yesterday, and people are throwing around the fact that they think the Raptors are going to win in five. And I'm thinking, the Sixers are not the Orlando Magic. Not at all. This is a team that has arguably the most talented starting five in the Eastern Conference, you could even probably make the argument that it's in the NBA, although the Warriors probably have something to say about that. So I think it's going to be a lot harder than Raps fans are, are thinking, but there is a confidence because the Raps ended the series of the Magic quite early. People in the newsroom are like, oh, do you think they can switch Siakam onto KD? Yeah. <laughs> is it going to be Leonard? You know, how are they going to come, how are they going to approach that? You know, it's the playoffs. It's recency bias, right? right like that's yeah. what we do. And that's why this time of year is so great because the emotions are so high and so low and you're riding this roller coaster. Like Jesse said, after that game one, the Raptors put it on mm -hmm. Orlando defensively, especially. And I think that is why people are so optimistic about the Raptors against the Sixers because if the Raptors can neutralize the Sixers offense it should be easy that's how the Raptors win this game is they carry over that defensive momentum and that defensive effort that energy the switchability Marcus Gasol getting his hands on everything uh you know Pascal Siakam with like some really underrated defensive yeah. possessions late in games and clutch situations if you carry that over it's not like the Sixers have a ton of depth that they're going to be throwing at you if you can neutralize like you said Donovan that starting five that has been the best in the playoffs the Raptors should be golden. Yeah, let's deconstruct that defense a little bit because that's, I think, 
the real reason why people are confident is how they play defensively yeah. in closing out Orlando. Held them to 96 points or less in the last four games of this series. Toronto's now won 11 of their last 13. They're getting it done on defense. And really, if it wasn't for a defensive breakdown in game one, mm-hmm. the series is a sweep. When I look at the two teams, even though I think you can make the argument that the best individual defender in the series might be a sixer, Embiid's numbers at the rim are crazy. I know that's blasphemy because Kawhi is great. But I think defensively is where the Raptors really have an edge in this series. You just have to look at their pedigree. Marcus Gasol has won Defensive Player of the Year. Kawhi Leonard has won Defensive Player of the Year twice. Danny Green, Serge Ibaka have made All-NBA defense. It took a while for the Raptors to establish their identity because, like we said, they had new pieces that they had to incorporate. But now in the playoffs, they've realized the talent that they have on the defensive end and the damage that they are capable of doing. And I think the keys to the series really are the individual matchups between Gasol and Embiid and Kawhi and Ben Simmons. We remember there was a game earlier this year where Kawhi forced Ben Simmons into a career high 11 turnovers. So he's he's in Ben Simmons' head. I don't think there's any question about that. And then when you look at Embiid, you talked about how incredible he is. As a player, he's incredibly talented. He's this borderline superstar. But Marcus Gasol, he proved against Nikola Vucevic that he is very capable of shutting down an all-star level talent at center. I think those are the two main keys on D. And he proved it against Joel Embiid twice. Yeah. Now, this is when he was playing with Memphis, but the two times Memphis played Philly this year, I mean, Joel Embiid had two of his worst games of the season. And this is a guy who might be one of the 10 best players in the NBA, you know, wherever you rank him. Marcus All did a great job on him. And it's kind of like, you know, you look at Joel Embiid, he's so physical, right? And like Marcus All is really big, but I don't know if he's exactly the same physical force. Yeah. Gasol, obviously, like a lot older. He's not that defensive player of the year that he was in 2013. Well, you saw in the Orlando series in the way that Gasol absolutely neutralized Nikola Vucevic, like a guy who coming into the series, we were all like, oh man, how are you going to stop him? What are we going to, you yeah. know, definitely an all-star, borderline all-NBA yeah. center in Nikola Vucevic and a guy who's probably going to get paid a whole bunch of money this offseason. How are they going to stop him? And Marcus Gasol was like, here's how. It's pretty easy, <laughs> you know? And he was just, he's everywhere, you know? It's, it's, he's so long and so smart and instinctual. You know, people talk about the basketball IQ and it's a hard thing to kind of quantify look at the balls he gets his hands on you know like look at the deflections look at how he just stuffs guys at the rim i mean that's what it is sixers love that one five pick and roll with simmons and Embiid, and in that action you're guarding it with two guys who have won defensive player of the year you mentioned the other guys who are all nba on this team defensively i think their best case to get someone on the all nba defensive team and i'm not sure they're going to even though they're great defensively, I think their best case this year might be Pascal Siakam Yeah, for the first time. Embiid has nice-ish numbers against the Raptors. Their leading scorer this year, 26.3 points, 11.8 rebounds. Kawhi only played in three of those games, and they were the three that they won. They were 3-1. and one. Kawhi's averaged 30.3 points and 7.7 rebounds against the Sixers this year. As I mentioned, Toronto won the season series 3-1. But Ben Simmons... 24 turnovers in the three games that Kawhi has guarded. I'm not sure if I've seen a high-level athlete. Like Ben Simmons, are there flaws in his game? Yes. Is he average in the half court, like Jerry Dudley say? (laughs) Yes. But he's still an impact player, and he looks like someone who shouldn't be playing in the league whenever Kawhi is guarding him. Arden, did you cover any of those Sixers-Raptors games? Probably. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Like, I just wonder how much of that is just 
physical and how much of it at this point could be mental i mean a lot of it's Kawhi leonard being a bit of a freak yeah right like a lot of it's like him just being different and i know ben simmons said something to that effect after one of the games of like yeah this guy's like his hands and his wingspan and mm-hmm. things he can do are just different than other players that i'm facing so look yeah i would expect that the you know the sixers are going to try to be getting switches right they're going to be trying to get simmons off of Kawhi. yeah he's a freak his hands are huge he's got long arms um, I mean, he's a great defender, but at the same time, that's that's one of those things where I learn from that and uh, try and get better. So hopefully next time I see him, it's going to be a different story. You got to think that Kyle Lowry can shut down J.J. Redick defensively. You got to think that. So you got to think they're going to be trying to open up Redick in, in the corners, right? Like the Sixers are going to try to get the Raptors out of their defensive rotations. The good thing about the Raptors is they're so switchable. Yeah. One through four, essentially, like you can, you know, with the starting lineup, you can feel pretty good switching onto whoever, and then you just have Gasol try to lock down Embiid down low, maybe help off if Embiid gets to a point in the floor where you, you don't want him to be. But the switching and the rotations in particular with the way that Philly relies on their starters, especially like they'll lift guys earlier in the first quarter than other teams will and bring back their starters at the beginning of the second and the beginning of the fourth, which is something that other teams don't do. So Nick Nurse found some like really interesting rotations in the Orlando series, but he's going to have to adjust those to match up against this kind of death lineup of starters from Philly. One rotation I don't want to see is Ibaka and Gasol on the floor at the same no, time. No. I love Nick Nurse, and I love that he experiments, and Jordy Meeks' minutes at the beginning of the series were cute, and the Pascal on the bench hasn't really borne what we thought it might, but I don't care who the other big is. With Embiid. They could play Boban and Embiid at the same time. There's no scenario where I'd want to see Ibaka and Gasol on the floor at the same time. The guy in that starting unit that worries me in this matchup is Raptor killer Jimmy Butler. Two of his top five scoring games have been against the Raptors. He's got four games against the Raptors where he's gone for 37 or more. Now, a lot of that work was when he was a bull, which was a couple teams ago. But one of those games was in December. I think Danny Green is going to start on Butler. I think that makes the most sense. And yeah. Siakam is guarding Tobias Harris. Danny Green didn't look physically right to me no. in round one. Yeah, to be honest, that's the matchup that worries me the most. And I, I wonder if it makes sense for Kawhi to guard Jimmy Butler because they're physically so alike. But I just feel like you have such a good thing going with him guarding Ben Simmons. You don't want to yeah, really mess that up. Yeah, you could take him off. Danny Green's got this like interesting game that's not overly athletic. It doesn't look beautiful. He's like expending like just the amount of energy that he has to at all times. Right. But he's kind of hyper efficient in that way. Like if you actually look at the numbers like in transition, he's a good transition defender and you wouldn't expect that from the eye test. But like what he does in transition and what he does in terms of, you know, helping and rotating and switching. He's pretty effective. Yeah, how big of a difference did the addition of Danny Green in the Kawhi Leonard trade? He was just a name thrown in (laughs) for most Raptor fans at the time. It was like, oh my God, we're getting Kawhi Leonard. But Danny Green has made such a significant difference with this team this year. Again, I think this series is going to be so close. And I do think that there's been some scrutiny about Brett Brown and his utilization of his roster, his late game plays. Uh, Nick Nurse is going through this playoff scrutiny for the first time. Yes, the Raptors won the series 3-1, but when you look at the numbers, points, Philly had a 111, Toronto won 15. Turnovers, Philly had 18, Toronto had 13. Paint points, Philly had 45, Toronto had 54. There's not a huge gap when you're considering one team won 75% of the games 
the thing I love about this series is not so much the matchups and the X's and O's and the, the coaching matchup, the adjustments, is that both organizations went all in at the deadline and said, the time is now. And how they do is going to impact, theoretically, what they do in free agency with Jimmy Butler, with Tobias Harris, with Marcus Saul, with Kawhi Leonard. If either of these teams lose, let's say six, seven games, hard-fought series, is this season a failure? Is that, is that too grandiose of a thing to say? Because I kind of feel like it is, even though I don't know if that's fair, because they might be at a championship level, they're just facing off in the second round. Like, if Houston loses to Golden State, their year's not really a failure yeah. for me. I think there's actually a, a pretty significant difference between the Raptors and the Sixers when you're answering that question. I think the Raptors are so clearly gunning for one year. They said, we're all in. We traded DeMar DeRozan. We brought in Kawhi Leonard with the stated goal. Even Kawhi said it in his post-game interview after Game 5. Our goal is to get to the NBA Finals. And of course, I think that influences whether Kawhi Leonard comes back and makes the decision to come back next year. You know, uh, we want to come out and win the game. Um, you know, that's all I'm thinking about. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what the circumstances are. Um, you know, this is the journey to where you want to, you know, become a, a champion. And um, obviously, uh, you have to be confident in your team. And uh, we think we can get to the finals, of course. For the Philadelphia 76ers, their core of Embiid and Simmons, they're really good players. And I think they're going to be good players for a long time to come. So regardless of what happens with Jimmy Butler, you can then sort of shift your philosophy from this death lineup, as Arden referred to, and you can start to build around that core again and have more depth, sort of like the Raptors have, draft well, develop well, as opposed to having these five guys be out there for 40 minutes a game. I think that the Raptors have a ton riding on this series, and I do think a lot of fans will look at it if they lose in six or seven to the Sixers. It might be classified as a failure because your chances of bringing Kawhi back, I would think, are a lot less if you lose in the second round. See, I think Elton Brand disagrees with you based on his comments. But also, when you look at depth and building around stars, Landry Shamit on a rookie deal would look good on this team for a while. Robert Covington would look really good in this playoff series. I think he's kind of said, listen, I no longer trust the process. I'm going all in right now. And I don't think it was prudent, which is why I think there's so much pressure on them to make a deep, deep run. Yeah, I mean, LeBron going west just affected so many things, mm -hmm. right? And we all talked about the Raptors and how they weren't going to have that final boss that they couldn't get through there anymore. But, like, you know, the Celtics saw the same thing and yeah. Philly saw the same thing, right? So... Yeah, look, I think the Raptors would hope that they have, you know, not probably not as good of a core as Philly, but with Siakam and they're going to hope that OG and OB can take similar steps and like nobody's going to be similar to Pascal Siakam, but considerable steps forward in his development, have them around another year of Lowry and another year of Gasol who will be getting old, but have shown in this playoffs clearly still effective. So the Raptors still have a path to being competitive next year. I don't think they're going to finish second in the East if Kawhi doesn't come back, but they have a path to being a you know a number four, number five team. Yeah, I look at a team like the Thunder, who are pretty capped out. They've got to pay Schroeder $15 million for the next two years. They've got to pay Jeremy Grant $25 million for the next two years. They don't have any free agency money. They have no path. The Raptors, even if Kawhi leaves, as you mentioned, Arden, still have a path to build, and I think it's because of Pascal Siakam. They play game one on Saturday, and what's great about this is we're going to record another pod early next week, 
And if they win game one, and now it's not 13 straight home wins against the Sixers, just 14 straight, the brooms are going to be out. It's going to be great. If they lose another game one, here we go again. It's going to be panic city. Having said that, as we leave, your prediction for this series, not for game one. This is a tough one. So I think this series is almost a study in how to philosophically build a roster. You have Mm. the Raptors who have a ton of depth against the Sixers who don't have a ton of depth but have a stacked starting lineup. And I think the winner of this series will ultimately maybe shape the way that GMs decide to build the rosters moving forward. I think the Raptors have so much riding on it, but I, I'm confident in the way that they played against the Magic. And I think the advantage that Kawhi Leonard has mentally over Ben Simmons, I think is going to go a long way. And of course, we talked about Marcus Gasol's proficiency defensively against Joel Embiid. I think those two matchups, if the Raptors can win those, they're going to win it in seven. I think Raptors in six. I think they're, they're clearly the better team. They're a deeper team. I think there will probably be a night where the Raptors are cold shooting and so they'll probably lose there and there'll probably be a night where Philly is just dominant through its starting lineup so there's another loss but I think the other four games if Toronto defends the way they did against Orlando if they carry that forward then it's just a matter of hitting your shots because Philly really doesn't have a Kawhi stopper they don't have one guy who's going to stop them so they're going to have to help they're going to have to double Kawhi he's going to rotate out the Raptors are going to move the ball around find that open shot the same thing they did in the latter stages of the Orlando series where like they finished that series with an assist rate of you know over 60 it might have been you know close to 70 if they move the ball find that open look it can be that simple and just hit your threes you know when i look at the the advantages that Philly has rebounding and bead they get to the line a lot Here's a prediction. Raptors fans are going to think that the refs are jobbing them in this series, <laughs> which I know isn't like that spicy of a prediction because they think they're always getting jobbed, but there's going to be a free throw discrepancy yeah. here when you look at what like Embiid and Butler is really, really good at it as well. Even Simmons to an extent. Tobias Harris is really good at it. Sixers are going to get to the line and the Raptors probably won't get to the line as much and fans are going to think that there is something going on. So you think I'm assuming, Donovan, you think this is going deep too as well. And then if it is going deep, let's just make sure during elimination games, nobody goes to get their diploma before the game <laughs> oh, this man. time around. I was waiting to see if that <laughs> was going to get mentioned. I looked up that series the other day and just looked back at some of the box scores, like even just the point totals. Like they were, you know, it was like 84, 76. Vincent <laughs> and Iverson both had 50. Right? <laughs> it, it was a glorified one-on-one yeah. game with eight other guys on the court, just with really good tickets to watch it. <laughs> Eric Snow just making entry passes. I remember it wasn't one-on-one series basically, but I just remembered hating Aaron McKee from you know yeah. whatever cottage of my friends that I was watching it at as a high schooler being like this guy just is open from 18 feet and keeps hitting it and it's so yeah. annoying he was six man not good. Yeah, this team's not that good honestly like, right yeah he was six man of the year that year i think yeah. was he yeah <sighs> mm-hmm. back out back ribbon out tough times for yeah. Raptors fans i do think it's going to go 7 i think that they will be vindicated that they'll be liberated from that horrible what if scenario seeing that Sixers team play in the finals against the Lakers and how that would be different everyone likes to reverse history and say well what if Tracy stayed well what if Vince hits that shot yeah I I wonder how the franchise changes I'm not in the party of people who think because he was on a plane and walked across the stage and got a diploma is why he missed a great a a shot no he had a great game he did. <laughs> like he had that a great night, game, he, a great series. He had like twenty and nine that night. He yeah. had a great game. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it solely because of optics. 
As Dwayne Casey would say, it's a make or miss league. Yeah, yeah. And he missed. It's the way it is. Yeah. Well, I I don't think Kawhi will miss in that situation. I actually think when teams are this close, the series normally comes down to who has the greater star, right? And I think in this case, it's Kawhi. Because when you look at how the two stars, Embiid and Kawhi, were managed, it's like the Sixers early in the season wanted a diploma or an award for, hey, Embiid's playing back-to-back nights. Oh, like, okay, congratulations. Where the Raptors slow-played Kawhi the entire year, did not worry about the load management and fans getting upset about it for this time of year, and it seemed to work. And on the flip side, Embiid, when he played, he was somewhat effective, but he also missed a game with arthritis in his knee, and I, I don't think that goes away in a mm-hmm. week or 10 days or two weeks. So the longer the series goes, I think in favor of the Raptors. And that's why I like them in seven, but I'm willing to go back on that depending on what happens in game one and have you guys back in here to talk me back off the ledge. Once again, my real prediction is that Drake is going to squash the uh, truce with Meek Mill and create a diss track, yeah. dissing him and the Sixers, but we shall see. This has been fun, fellas. Of course, man. And you know, we didn't talk at all about Kyle Lowry, but the North Philly native, that's right. Playing in front of the home crowd. Got to expect big things from him. He's been so good outside of that game one performance where even both coaches were saying he had a good game. He really did have a great series in terms of drawing charges all the time. He started shooting better as the series went on. So uh, I think Lowry's going to play a big role too. And we didn't really touch on him, but he's important, vital to the Raptors' success. He big- was the Raptors' best player in that series. Yeah. With game one included. Really? He was the Raptors' best he player. He had the biggest offensive rebound. I don't think he was the best player. Go. I think Kawhi, outside of his one-off night, was better. And I think their steadiest player was Siakam. It's a really good best. issue. It's Most, a really good thing that we're arguing about who is the best player in the series. It means they were all pretty good. Most important, most essential player, best player, Cal Lowry in that series. Go to NBA.com, man. Look at the on-off numbers. There is like a more they than 50-point spread per 100 in his on-off. It's crazy. Oh, I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I'm there yet. When he was on the floor, the Raptors played really, really well. When he was off the floor, <laughs> they played really, really poorly. It's that simple. Yeah. Sign of a good player. True. You guys are good players. Thanks for helping me out. Cheers. Of course, man. Mm-hmm.